The Service Evolution Podcast is brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, Inc. We'll ensure consistently great performance to help keep your business running smoothly. For more information, visit cgpconstruction.com. Welcome to Service Evolution, America's premier destination for service industry leaders. We deliver the advice and insight you need to get ahead in your career, learn new skills, and succeed in the competitive world of service. Our podcast features experts from across the country who provide their valuable insight on topics such as branding, strategy building, and customer service. Whether you're just starting out or looking for ways to take your company to the next level, join us and discover how to make a positive impact today. What's up, guys? It's Sean Black at Service Evolution. Welcome back to another episode. I'm excited and really excited, super excited today. Of course, I still have, as always, my most favorite co-host in the world, Jim Robinson. Hey, Jim Robinson, welcome, always buddy. Great to be in the house, Sean Black. Yes, sir. <laughs> and today we are both super excited uh, to be joined by the CEO of Metalmark Innovations, CC Lou. CC, how are you? Great. Hi, Sean, and hi, Jim. Great to uh, talk to you again. Happy, happy Wednesday. Yeah, uh, we're excited. We're gonna be diving in to some seriously cool stuff today. I mean, we started talking already and I can tell there's such a passion behind this topic. You know, CC is really the brains behind Middlemark Innovations. You know, she came from a pretty intelligent group of people out there. I think Middlemark was Harvard spawned, right? Is that correct? You guys came from Harvard? That's right, yep. That the is... smartest people are not myself, but my co-founders. <laughs> <laughs> and she's humble. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about Metal Mark, how you guys are really uh, making your own mark on the world and the service industry and, and, uh, and going out there and making some things happen for clean air and energy. Um, as a way of getting started, Cece, if you could tell us a little bit about Metal Mark Innovations and uh, and how you guys got started, that'd be great. Uh, yeah, so thanks again, uh, Sean, for having me on. Um, it's a, a real privilege. Um, so yeah, we got started uh, several years ago, obviously before COVID hit, uh, to uh, start solving what we saw as uh, upcoming air quality problems. And, um, you know, in, in parts of the world, uh, this has always been a problem, like in Asia. Um, and uh, the World Health Organization reports that uh, millions of people die of uh, premature death because of air quality every mm. year, including from indoor air quality. And uh, I personally have family members who do have asthma and that are get triggered by air quality problems. And so, it you know, it's one of those uh uh, topics that are quite uh, full, front of mind for uh, me and my co-founders. And here in the U.S., we've been very blessed with clean outdoor air. But, you know, certain trends we were seeing as brewing early on when we were getting started that were uh, indicating that, you know, some uh, potential problems were coming. And so um, we got started around um, a, a novel uh, materials innovation that was first inspired by butterfly wings. And so looking to nature for ideas of how 
you know, nature solves problems. And uh, uh, it turns out that there are many, many examples of nanostructure materials that have uh, a bunch of different uh, cool functions that are built in. And so we uh, started from there and um, uh, started thinking about, well, how, how, what are the problems customers are facing with air quality and how can we apply our technology to solving those uh, problems? And so that's how we initially got started, really around a, a cool novel uh, material um, and also uh, with uh, some ideas of uh, potential problems around um, IAQ. Outstanding. Well, the, um, how did, what led you into this? What, what made you choose this out of a Harvard? How did you come up with this idea that, wow, I need to pursue this? Yeah. So I've spent pretty much my entire career, um, the last 20 years in, uh, clean, t- uh, clean tech, climate tech. Uh, so it's kind of a, um, area of passion for me. And my co-founders were doing their, um, scientific research around, uh, bio-inspired materials. And so we kind of uh, met and came together on this, uh, indoor air quality problem. And uh, we started to interview, um, you know, customers about um, what are the concerns they had. Uh, so at the time, we were like, "Wow, well, you know, I think airborne viruses might become an issue." <laughs> so we asked uh, customers <laughs> about it, and uh, including hospitals and doctors, and there is literally no interest. But we, I think, we <laughs> were persistent and continue to work on the problem. Um, and so we started solving the problem a little bit differently as well after learning from customers uh, what were the uh, big hot button topics for them. Um, and so we actually uh, transitioned and pivoted a lot, uh, both from a business perspective and technology, to come to this uh, point in our product um, evolution and um, our company. That's crazy. <laughs> the whole thought of being able to create an air filter based off of butterfly wings. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's something I would think of, but how, how did you guys get into that? How, how does like metal mark, metal marks tech work? What, what does that sound like? Yeah, there are several layers to it. So we start from the nanomaterials level. So like I mentioned in nature, there are many, you know, nature is really the first inventor of nanotechnology. And so um, many organisms actually have nanomaterials um, and they structure a very simple starting material in different ways to impart different uh, multiple functions. And so as an example, in butterfly wings, there are uh, certain families of butterflies like the metal mark or the morpho butterfly that have these beautiful iridescent colored wings. And that iridescence is not because they have pigments in the wings. It's because of structured material. Hmm. Um, and so um, that was one of the early inspirations for te- for our materials technology. But, you know, it doesn't stop there. It's um, the material is not only iridescent to look at, but it's also um, has other functions like it's uh, it water repellent. It's really light. It helps to support flight. And by structuring the material in different ways, it gives structure to the wings as well. And so um, there are just so many things, as it turns out, that you can do with materials at the nanoscale to make it much more functionally 
appealing for our purposes. And so what we did is that we structured um, you know, our material at the nanoscale to give it uh, a number of uh, functions as well, not the same as a butterfly wing, but um, you know, we can we can remove um, uh, volatile organics. We can uh, catalyze um, different um, types of materials, and so that is the first starting point. And then our technology evolved to have um, some engineering designs to help activate the material to uh, clean off the filter, so that. That's what we call the self-cleaning aspect of the technology. And uh, thereby, you know, we're removing some of the uh, particles that are trapped on the filter, reducing the pressure of the filter so that it can be used in in place for much longer than your typical filter. So we're talking an order of magnitude improvement of um, lifetime. And, um, you know, because we heard from customers a lot, uh, you know, having to change filters every three, six months was a big deal. Was, sure. you know, nobody ended up doing it, or if they did it, it was really expensive, Yep. Um, especially for commercial customers that we were targeting. Yeah. Sounds like I need this at my house. It's coming. coming, but not Our listeners that have a cough or that are asthmatic, I bet, I bet you they've cranked up the volume right now. They're trying to tune in and really listen to what, they're about yeah. to benefit from. Metalmark's clearly got this dialed in. And sitting on a park bench, looking at a butterfly and saying, geez, I'm going to put this in a piece of equipment and I'm going to clean up the world. What, what a vision. Wow. Really inspirational. How does a, uh, how does a service tech or a service company in the commercial space, office or otherwise, how do they take advantage of this and how simplistic does it become future-wise once the equipment is in? What does that look like? How does the service companies make this work to serve the space? Yeah, so I think about it as um, uh, in two different ways. One is that we view service companies as a great partner for Metalmark uh, because ultimately they uh, service companies are leaned on by many of our uh, commercial part- com- customers who are looking at solutions for advice and expertise and selection of the appropriate equipment for their buildings. And so, um, you know, the, the service companies are, are a huge, you know, partner of ours um, that we look to, to, you know, have more education and uh, discussions with. And they also are a conduit for customer feedback, right? To, to say, hey, you know what? We, we service this and it sucks. <laughs> or, you know, this equipment is really hard to work with. We actually heard from a lot of uh, service providers that um, many uh, HVAC or, or um, air purifier systems are difficult to deal with. Well, that's, uh, that's not what we want ultimately, right? We want to make it relatively simple and uh, easy to maintain. And so that's another aspect of, um, of feedback that we get from uh, service providers. And um, ultimately, a lot of the servicing can be done through, uh, you know, digitally. You know, our, our um, um, systems come with IAQ sensors and uh, they have smart operations. And so a lot of the alerts, service requirements can be um, through the platform itself, our dashboard and platform. And so that we can connect the service providers and service companies with 
the uh, end users and facility managers and what have you to provide this, you know, um, continuous and um, really integrate a set of data and information that would be useful and valuable to everyone who's involved. Um, and we can m make use of the data in different ways to help um, uh, help ultimately, you know, my, my hope is to be able to demonstrate air quality improvements and how that really serves to improve cognitive function and performance of individuals and occupants uh, in the space, right? That's one of the, um, that's been shown to be a huge potential benefit, but uh, hard to quantify at this yeah. point. So that's something I'd love to get, you know, more data on. And um, I think it's to everybody's benefit to know that type of information. I got a quick, yeah, I, I got a quick follow up on this, man. It's <laughs> got me sparked up here. I got to get some info on this. So I yeah. live in the desert, very different climate yeah. than Florida. How does the system serve in the high humidity versus the super dry community? Because there's asthmatics, there's challenged labored breathing in both areas. How how does this system provide that clean air in both of those environments? So um, a lot of times the way we current we have historically dealt with indoor air is through uh, ventilation with outdoor air, right? So if we look to the ASHRAE standards and building codes that have been uh, based on ASHRAE mm -hmm. and LEED and other certifications, they are very much about ventilating. Uh, but um, frankly, um, HVAC industry was initially created for heating and cooling. And again, you know, we hear a lot of times from customers that our first priority is heating and cooling. Can we do that really well? Never mind indoor air quality. And so, mm. um, so, so ventilating air uh, creates a huge energy uh, use problem, especially as you mentioned in Florida and Phoenix, uh, especially in Florida where you have high temperatures and humidity, and so you have to recondition the air. And that's a huge driver of, um, of HVAC energy cost. And so by uh, limiting ventilation air and um, allocating some of that energy towards sort of circulated air improvement with localized and smart operations of our system, we can um, uh, deal with uh, air quality in a way that's, uh, that balances uh, both um, health and uh, energy. And so it's, you know, I, I, I didn't create this idea. I'm not going to take any credit for this <laughs> because, you know, 62.1 uh, ASHRAE standard with IAQP has been around. And the most recent uh, 421 standard uh, with, um, for control of uh, infectious aerosol both provided that path forward of how we can combine ventilation air with, um, with uh, air cleaning in a more what I call distributed and localized level to achieve the necessary air quality. And so, you know, it's, um, it, it is definitely different, but if we can kind of limit the amount of ventilation we have to, to do for air quality, we can address, you know, indoor air quality and energy at the same time. And, you know, basically have an, an indoor space that that's better managed and controlled overall and clean Man. air. 
Clean air. Yeah. Clean air. And clean air. Oh. And by the way, I'm not saying that we shouldn't ventilate, right? My message is that it's ventilation plus uh, air cleaning systems. And those are, you know, written into the standards. Yes. I don't have to make this up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Smarter people have already d- done the research and engineering around it. So it's really crazy to me how important the health is when it comes to clean air. Obviously, it doesn't seem to be something that a lot of people are talking about, you know, and, and but at least in our circles, it's not, you know, we, we talk about the, the HVAC and the, and the air balancing and all the stuff that comes up with service companies, but the air quality, I know we, we think about smog and all these different things, but inside a building, it just it's just not something that really, I guess, comes up a lot, at least in our circles, not in my circles, but it seems to be a huge health challenge. Uh, just the stuff that Jim was talking about with the dust mm-hmm. mites and the fungus. You were, I just, it's, I never think about this stuff. That's crazy. How did you guys, did you guys see this challenge with health when you got into this, when you were developing the filters? Is this something you guys really kind of plan to, to address? Yeah. So initially we uh, thought, we hypothesized that we could deal with small par- uh, particles, the ultrafine and fine particulates, as well as volatile organics and um, things like viruses, mi- microorganisms. And like I said early on, you know, through customer discovery interviews, we found no interest whatsoever. But, you know, we persisted and um, we saw over time that wildfire uh, wildfire trends were um, picking up, right, and and becoming worse. And you know, just a couple of uh, uh, months ago, we we had uh, really bad uh, air in the Boston area and certainly New York because of wildfire smoke. Well, it's getting worse, and that trend has been forecasted for quite a long time. It's just that you know, in before COVID. There were trends there too for uh, potential pandemics. Um, there were, you know, MERS and and uh, SARS, but that's why we asked the question and people didn't pay attention. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, we are we're, we're smarter. We're not. It's just that we were reading the academic reports that were coming out mm-hmm. and saying, hey, these are potentially some of the trends coming up, and uh, can we do something about that? And um, there's another aspect that we should talk about too, about um, indoor air quality. So it's not just the in, you know, immediate health concerns that we may have, like the transmission of diseases or causing asthma attacks and heart attacks and things like that, but poor air quality, um, the small particulates, ultrafines, actually penetrate our tissue much more successfully than the larger ones. So you know, when we talk about PM 2.5, those are already getting pretty large. We're talking like really small, smaller than than one micron, smaller than 0.1 micron particles. And they penetrate and actually, you know, get retained in our bodies and can cause many chronic uh, illnesses in the long run. And those are uh, things to keep in mind. Another aspect is obviously, you know, uh, productivity. Uh, How does that affect people's cognition and performance at work for commercial buildings? Um, you know, there are studies that have shown that you can avoid sick days um, by having healthier buildings. Um, mm. And some of some <laughs> of this is, is pretty dramatic. You know, 1.6 days per year per person of sick day avoided. And you can you can get a calculation of uh, what that means. And 
actually Stanford did a, a study estimating the um, billions of dollars of loss as a result of uh, wildfire smoke. Um, and so, you know, wildfire smoke are teeny tiny particles and they tr penetrate indoors very, very successfully. And um, they get accumulated more, um, especially in our greener buildings with excellent insulation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the EPA tells us that, you know, t uh, indoor air can be two to five times worse than outdoor air. In some cases, even a hundred times worse, depending on what, you know, parameter we're looking at. And um, we spent almost all of our time indoors, right? We're all sitting indoors right now having this conversation. And um, I certainly spend most I'm, of my I'm time in indoors. <laughs> I'm in Phoenix. We don't have a choice but to be inside. <laughs> I, I hear you. you Half know, the year, I if they step out, free and die. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a little toasty. Yeah. But. So the air yeah. pollution thing, for me, I'm, I'm not a big window guy. I, I like my windows closed. Sean's been in my vehicle before. I don't ever, they don't, they can take the <laughs> operators out of my vehicle. I don't want to put the windows down because I don't want all the dust. And yeah, yeah. I don't have a breathing problem, but I don't want to develop one either. And I know yeah. that in general, the the overall kind of air pollutants seem to be going upward. And I think mm -hmm. society has adjusted to saying, you know, the government's going to handle this and fix this problem. They are not. And at the speed in which they perform, even today, if they had an excellent plan to help solve air quality, we're light years away from seeing them implement that. So Metal Mark, right. making the mark on this is really the benchmark. It, it is kind of setting a new standard here that we've got to clean this air up and we can do that on the inside. And even in our offices where there's not open windows, we definitely right. got to condition that air so it's a higher quality, certainly beating the ambient air quality outside, increasing the health of what we have indoors. So Metal Mark is uh, kind of taking this thing on. You're leading, you're leading the call. What's next? Where, where does this go? How do, how do we get the word out in bigger form? How do we explain to people how we can get their buildings cleaned up? Yeah, um, you know, I, I, uh, we're just getting started as um, because we are still pretty early stage as a start startup, and so we've had some customer installations, and they've have been very success successful, and um, we are just getting started to get the message out. And so I love talking to you and Sean about this, and um, you know, there there are many opportunities in the future to to try to, you know, talk to the media about um, these issues and help people think about uh, air quality quality a little bit differently. You know, I, I, I think sometimes we try to um, really uh, jam a, a, a square peg through a round hole there, you know, with HVAC systems. We wanted to do everything but the reality is um, a lot of times we can't even balance the air really well inside of a building uh, between different zones and never mind air quality. Um, and so there's a lot of work still to be done on the HVAC systems side. And uh, we, we are you know, very eager to work with um, uh, HVAC OEMs to develop solutions. But in the meantime, you know, we're out there, we're just getting out there to start selling our product um, and um, we're targeting commercial buildings to, to begin with 
And um, because there, there's a huge opportunity here to save energy as well. You know, um, like some uh, engineers have told me, uh, ventilation air equals energy equals cost. And so it's a we can uh, do something better here uh, with um, a solution that can better optimize um, indoor air quality and energy costs and occupant comfort. Nice. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back, and we'll talk more with Metal Mark. Did you know that CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, Inc. are also commercial plumbers? They added the plumbing division in 2000 and have been serving the nation's largest brands ever since. They offer everything from cleaning drains, camera work, and grease trap repairs to full repipes and dig-ups. So when your brand needs commercial plumbing, remember, call CGP. They are ready to be on site 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They specialize in restaurants, retail stores, commercial buildings, and hospitality. No matter what your plumbing needs may be, CGP is ready. And because they're a maintenance company, they can make the repairs needed after the plumbing is completed as well. One call will do it all. Call them today, 858-454-7326. Or check them out on the web at www.cgpconstruction.com. Give them a call today. What's up, guys? It's Sean Black with Service Evolution back. And uh, we are talking with Jim Robinson, of course, my co-host. Jim, welcome back to the show, sir. Hey, great to be back. This is a, this is a massive topic. You guys got to be listening to this thing. This is crazy. So far, I know what I'm putting in my new builds. And this is really exciting because I'm kind of a dust freak i don't want it in my house i don't want to <laughs> breathe it it's like i am so involved in what we got going on here this is exciting uh we have friends we have team members that are asthmatics and there's a direct contribution of this challenge from unhealthy air inside the buildings we're in buildings a lot we are friends are teammates are let's get it cleaned up cc's got the answer Let's dig in a little bit deeper on this thing. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this. I tell you, I have three dogs and 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 a huge, you know, family, and and uh, we got like six of us in this house. And Jim will be appalled at the amount of dust that comes into the house every time <laughs> I come home. There's windows open, and and we're always dusty, dust, dust, dust. And we have air filtration in the house. We have it going, but uh, uh, it, no, it doesn't. <laughs> It's like uh, I think something we got from Costco. It's not. It does not work well. So I don't know <laughs> what we're gonna do. But hopefully we get some answers here today. At least you know we'll look at commercial applications with you, uh, and then and we'll kind of look in the future. And and with that in mind, we're talking about service companies and and how we can partner with you know companies like Middlemark to make a change in the industry with the air quality. What do you feel is like the best way for us to do that or for other service providers to do that? Yeah, I, I think your podcast is a wonderful way to reach people. Um, the fact that we're having this conversation to begin with, <laughs> you know, I I ha sometimes ha do find it difficult to get uh, this topic registered uh, with, um, you know, construction companies, maintenance companies service providers. And um, so I, I really appreciate you taking the time to to talk about this topic. And I think um, it just, 
a little bit more volume of this type of discussion is uh, helpful. And, you know, in the future, we plan to have some webinars to provide more educational information to people who are interested in learning and um, especially about how they could actually implement this in a real world environment. You know, wh what are the considerations, how to choose a good um, air cleaning system, what to look out for and um, uh, what, what a good installation might do, you know, for the occupants and the, even the value of the building itself. You know, we, we looked at some of that uh, analysis in the past that, um, you know, I, I think uh, most uh, building owners are quite cost sensitive and IAQ, again, doesn't register very high as a priority for them. But, um, you know, if there are, if there's a ROI value on the property, or, you know, operational cost savings, that's when, when they start to perk up more. And so, um, you know, we, we hope to uh, uh, get that message across in the future as well, because it's there. And uh, it's just, you know, hard to sometimes um, get everything out there <laughs> all at once. Yeah. Um, it takes a little bit of time to to trickle that that information. It seems and, like a um, tremendous opportunity for the, our contractors that are tuned in today and listening to this. This is a tremendous opportunity for them to deliver a building that is super clean. This is an add-on to the construction project that's going to deliver significantly cleaner air in the building. What a delivery. What a contribution to the folks that are going to ultimately visit that. The patrons going into the building, the, the teammates that work there. What a tremendous opportunity for the service provider, the contractor, the builder. This is really, how do they collaborate? How do they get involved and get this thing to where we start delivering this as a regular, how this becomes the normal installation. Yeah, I, I um, you know what? I love to hear from yourselves and other service providers and learn from you all because I, you know, I don't pretend to know everything. And this is one space, one uh, topic that, um, you know, we are still fairly early. I have some thoughts about how we can um, do this, but um, it is, really important for us to have to continue the conversation and for me to hear from you and your listeners who are service providers about how we can collaborate. Some of the ways obviously are that, you know, we can, um, you know, provide the, the information, we can do the education sessions. But I think there's something beyond that, which is, you know, how can service companies also derive some value out of this process too. And so I love to hear from, um, from you all, like, how, how can we do that how, as Metal Mark? How, how can we work with you all to to make everybody um, uh, get, you know, have a sense of value um, contribution in this um, entire process? Um, uh, we're we're going to be sales folks for you. And my house is going to be one of the first tests. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm telling you, you, you got me hook, line and sinker here. Literally, I'm in because I'm I'm the dust phobic. It's I don't want it in my house and I want clean quality air and I love it conditioned. I'm in the desert. So we get very cold in the winter and we get very hot in the summer and I need conditioned air to be comfortable. And I think that's really important. I think there's a big win here for for me. And I didn't know about this until we had an opportunity to meet with you today, Cece. Yeah, I'm so excited to hear your uh, your ex you, that you're enthusiastic about the opportunity. And I it didn't take much to, to get uh, me right out of the gate. And now you <laughs> now you own me. Now I got to get this system. 
Okay. <laughs> um, I look forward to working with you um, to get this ready for residential buildings as well. One of the things that you said that I've been kind of thinking about here is I know it's a smart device, right? And it, mm-hmm. and it communicates and has the capability. One of the coolest things that, and everyone's talking about right now is AI and preventative mm-hmm. maintenance and, and that whole subject. Can you guys, can you tell me a little bit more about the technology and how it works and what you guys are integrating with right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a, um, a lot of um, aspects to how we use data analytics to understand some of the trends and patterns in um, the space. And uh, it starts with um, having the right sensor. So we took a lot of time uh, selecting for good sensors to as a, as a beginning uh, point um, in this journey. And um, we've, um, you know, tested a lot of this different instruments and uh, come to really understand the different types of sensors available, how to integrate them well in um, our system. And additionally, with some uh, other sensor panels that we are building. And it's once we have the data, it's a, a really large amount of um, uh, data that help us to see some of the patterns in you know, how people are interacting with um, the space and uh, what that means um, in terms of our operational level for the air cleaning. So, um, you know, for example, can we anticipate mm-hmm. um, some of the um, the usage of the space coming up and then, you know, schedule uh, uh, different operations ahead of time? And also while uh, people are in the space, it's, it's not actually, the optimal point isn't necessarily to crank up the, the air purifier because uh, we do have to consider, you know, we, we had people complaining about how the noise affects um, the interactions, right? The, you don't want to be um, di- disruptive. We don't want our system to be disruptive to meetings, to, you know, our other customers, our, our K-12 schools, and that's not really desirable to have uh, loud noise during class time. And so how do we actually get it to the optimal level so that we can achieve both air cleaning and not be uh, too noisy for the occupants? Um, and then at other times, how do we actually um, save energy by you know, not operating the, the system when it's not necessary? And so there's a lot of pattern recognitions that happen with um, uh, our um, uh, analysis and um, uh, machine learning driven smart uh, technology. So there's a device monitoring the air, the air quality. Yeah, yeah, there's uh, onboard um, indoor air quality sensors um, and we measure for different parameters mm-hmm. um, uh, in the air. And um, we have also separate um, sensor packs that uh, can connect to the same network to give us even better resolution of uh, how the air quality is working. And in fact, the, you know, the reason that we added this isn't because, oh, AI is so cool. It's because a lot of our customers through the interviews um, said, look, um, we have these air purifiers in the corner, but we have no idea if they are actually doing anything because who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they're we just no, good for no show. Way of knowing. Yeah. Exactly. And and uh, guess what? Our noses, our senses are not the best tuned for what I for many of the the pollutants I'm talking about, right? Like the small particles, the volatile organics, and less 
you know, I mean, it's just not how we, we were, we are built evolutionarily to, to sense. And so, um, we do need to have these, um, sensor packs that are capable of, um, of tuning in and, um, giving us that feedback. Wow, man, that's crazy. That is like some Tony Stark <laughs> technology. <Yeah. laughs> like, you know, this whole AI revolution thing is, it, to me, is, is fascinating. I'm, I'm fascinated. I've been doing so much research on it. You know, there's so many opportunities to set up preventative maintenance and help people in the service industry know when to go out, when to service the equipment, you know, that type of thing. One of the things that you keyed into there, which I don't think we've talked much about, is the energy savings. And I yeah. know that that well, we're on the West Coast, so every little drop of energy here is is important. Uh, we got electric cars we can't charge, and and all kinds of great stuff going on with our grid. So cost efficiency and and cost savings to companies in particular large companies, educational institutions, everyone is important. And uh, so what kind of studies have you done or, or, or do you have any kind of information that you could communicate to tell us a little bit about how that energy savings works? Yeah. So, um, you know, the energy saving aspect is really related to the ventilation energy, right? So when we uh, ventilate a hundred percent of the time, Right. That's what was recommended during COVID, for instance. Uh, so a lot of organizations upgraded their system, uh, went to MERV 11, 13, 14 filters, plus they were ventilating 100% of the time. And they saw a huge increase in their energy bill. Yeah. And so it's not it's not um, a, a made up concept at all. You know, when you're doing this type of thing, uh, you can expect energy um, costs to increase. Now, um, you know, there's where I am in, in New England, we have a lot of heating energy requirement. And so sometimes customers aren't quite uh, understanding the relationship between heating, uh, reconditioning that air, um, or they're not making that association between the ventilation air with the heating energy requirement. So if we only think about the energy dri driving the ventilation piece, that's one energy bucket. But really, it, it's re it uh, has an effect on how much we have to recondition the air. And that is, you know, uh, gas cost, oil cost. Uh, if you're on in totally electric electricity, then that's electricity cost. And those are all going up, um, really hits organizations' bottom lines. Now, um, in terms of have we actually done testing? So we have, uh, we actually are, will be announcing about um, one of the tests that we've done to show um, how, you know, we have tested for ventilation effectiveness, for example, and what that means for energy savings. And uh, we are uh, working to get pilots together with potential customers and energy companies to study, you know, the potential of energy savings with our system. And so those are, those are in our plans and uh, some of them will be announced very soon. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's, there's nothing like actually having data to demonstrate the results. Right. And so we, we see this as an important piece that it's not just, you know, from a concept perspective that we all know that it's, it, this is the way it works, but uh, that we can actually have measurable numbers to show people. 
Wow. All right. We, I know we're getting close to wrapping this up, but we got to know about these giant, cool stories. You got to have one of those deliveries. What is going to wow everybody that's hearing you today? What is that wow story that, you know, some kind of story recent of your system being in an office? How did it transform the airspace? I was I'm looking around my office, even the doors, the hardware, everything. Somebody owns everything in the office. And now you yeah. are dominating the air. What is one of those mm -hmm. cool stories you have? Yeah, um, I think one of the, uh, I'll start with uh, one of our, what we have observed as a problem in uh, indoor air quality is that a lot of tests get done only in laboratories based on standards that are out there. So we certainly have done those, right? But when you put those systems in a real world environment, the results are can be very different. You have people who are bringing in different things into the environment. They might be heating up stinky food. They oh, might yeah. be going in and out of, of uh, <laughs> the office and leaving doors open or what have you. There's a whole bunch of things that are uh, impacted by human activity that are not taken into consideration in a laboratory study. And so this is why we, um, you know, do these pilots. And um, in one of our customer pilots, um, you know, the, the customer um, actually, and in multiple customer pilots, they tell us, oh, we don't feel any difference. And so, um, you know, I can rely on the data and the IAQ sensor data and say, look, you know, we, we're not built to to blah, 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 <laughs> to smell these things. And here's the data. But it's actually what's been really interesting is that when we take our system down, like we shut it off or we take it away from the space, that's when they go, wait a minute, <laughs> our air is suddenly so much worse. What happened? And then they want our system back. And so the, you know, this is, uh, I, I, you know, we can read all kinds of reviews online about how systems work or don't work, but I, I feel that uh, we can we do have the data. We actually send our, uh, we have taken air samples and had them analyzed uh, by external labs um, in one of our pilots. And so we, we have actual data to show the improvement, but it's so revealing when customers go, oh, you know, I don't feel any different, even though they're getting the benefit of better yes. air. And when we take it away, it's like, wow, you know, that's when it dawns on them that there is a there is a difference. So that's, it, that's been very revealing. And um, I hadn't expected that. I was like, oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> How do I show that air quality is better now? But um, but uh, yeah, um, I, and I have in, we my, do in also, my home, I yeah. have off the shelf air purifiers in my home. And when I'm in somebody else's home, that's when I recognize the difference. And so yeah. I'm looking forward to this latest technology going into my new build. And uh, this is exciting because I don't want anything off the shelf anymore. It's a, it's a pain in the neck to deal with. I got you know three or four of these things sitting around. I'm looking forward to this new system. I trust that I will be breathing clean, fresh air. I'm excited about this. Well, I'll tell well, you thank what, you so much, Jim. If you can get rid of the broccoli or fish that comes into this office somehow <laughs> with this air pure, I will be ecstatic for that because, wow. <laughs> it's, one of those, it's one of those human things you're talking about that, yeah, it, it, yeah, it makes a difference. Uh, awesome. Well, we're going to wrap up here. I'm so I'm excited to hear about this technology. 
I'm excited to be able to to share, you know, with our audience, obviously, uh, about the importance of clean air and what you guys are doing and innovation that's coming out of Metal Mark, everything from, you know, preventive maintenance to to AI to to setting standards, you know, healthier standards in the office environment, school environment, education. Clearly, you are meant for California. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> and Phoenix. Yeah, and Phoenix, you need to get over here. Uh, if there was one piece of advice you could give to other entrepreneurs that are that are working in this environment, what would it be? Well, I would say that you have to start by listening to the customer. I didn't know anything about uh, how indoor air quality really worked um, or what the issues were from a customer perspective, other than, you know, the research, the journal papers that um, you know, that were coming out of um, academic institutions. But uh, actually talking to customers uh, we have just been so revealing. You know, we, we do a lot of discussions with potential customers, and I don't really think of them as they're, they're not my sales targets. They're just people who are in the industry. I'm learning from them by having these uh, calls. And I've been very grateful also for many of them who just uh, talk to me because, you know, this is this is how we improve our, our um, uh, features, how we build our product and uh, create the value propositions that address customer problems. And um, that's why, you know, Metal Mark, we, we didn't stick with uh, one certain technology or one certain product, but we we uh, we let this be sort of a customer-driven product development. Pretty good advice. Awesome. Pretty smart. Listen to your clients, <laughs> I'm telling you. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up with that. Thank you, CC. That was an amazing podcast. Thank you so much. Jim, great questions. Thank you for leading the way and uh i'm excited to be at your house when it's complete so yeah. <laughs> please fresh you. great meeting you i'm looking forward to this technology and how we can help deploy some of this in uh, some of the builds i think there's tremendous opportunity not only for your your business and your space but for contractors fellow service providers i think there's tremendous opportunity and we just haven't tapped it yet and i think it's a necessary thing that is coming we need to get into this right now we have some air quality issues, and this is one way we can start to address this in a more profound way. Very exciting information here. Thank you so much, uh, Jim and Sean. This has been a wonderful conversation. I, I look forward to continuing. Absolutely. Cece, for those who are interested in learning more about Metalmark, how can they get a hold of you? How can they find you guys? Um, yeah, we are on the web. Our uh, you know web address is uh, metalmark.xyz. It's uh, it's hard to forget because of our domain name. But yeah, so it's just think of the butterfly, the metal mark butterfly. And um, uh, we can also be reached by email and on, on uh, social media as well. Um, we're here. I'm happy to, to be a resource for folks who are interested in the topic. Awesome. Outstanding. All right. Well, we will share that information in our show notes. So people who have questions can get a hold of you as well. Thank you for joining us. Everyone who is listening on your favorite podcast platform, uh, don't forget uh, forget to subscribe and give us a like and leave us a question. If you have questions for Metal Mark, leave them there as well. And uh, we'll make sure that those go to CC. And then uh, everyone who is watching us on YouTube, don't forget, 
give us a like, smash that uh, button on there, and then hit the little bell for <laughs> notifications so you know when really awesome content is coming back out and uh, you can learn some pretty cool stuff from amazingly smart people like Cece. Thank you so much. Awesome. <laughs> Thank All you. Right, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you much. <laughs>